Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 238 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us how to follow you more closely as we read your word. Help us draw close to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 16. Jesus tells the parable of the manager who embezzled money from the owner of the estate. The manager knew he was found out, so he earnestly called in all the debtors of the estate, offering them a discount for payment. He was setting himself up for his next position in life since he knew he would be cast out of his current one. Interestingly, the owner commended him for his actions. Jesus seemed to as well, at least in a way he did. I believe he meant that if people sought kingdom living as much as they sought worldly living, then the world would be a far different place. In verse 13, Jesus said, No servant is able to serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand and be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, riches, or anything in which you trust and on which you rely. I know this to be true for myself, and we can pray that God keeps our hearts seeking him instead of the things of this world. The Pharisees heard this story, and of course, we know they loved money, so they ridiculed him. Jesus continues to make his point throughout this chapter, however. In verse 15, he says, For what is exalted and highly thought of among men is detestable and abhorrent and abomination in the sight of God. Jesus goes on to tell the story of the poor man Lazarus, who ate the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. He was the one who was comforted in the arms of Abraham. Let's take just a moment and pray here. Father, help us seek you instead of the world. Help us long for what you desire. May we see through your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Paul is teaching in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul writes about the letter he sent in regard to the incest committed by one of the church members. He sees that it impacted them in exactly the way he intended it to. Verse 10 says, For godly grief and the pain God is permitted to direct produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance from evil, and it never brings regret. Yes, sometimes we suffer for our sins. We feel the pain of our sins and those who are hurt because of them. But then God comes along and compasses us about in his mercy and love, and he forgives us. He helps us come up higher so we sin less and follow him more. May we be open to God's conviction not the enemy's condemnation, and pray that he strengthens us to avoid temptation and keeps us from evil. Well, let's see what we can learn in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. This chapter is written much like a chapter we read in Proverbs. First, Solomon writes about going to God's house, your church, with reverence and intention of meeting with God. He tells us to be prepared to listen more than we talk. Second, he tells us to make good on our vows to the Lord. In fact, Solomon writes, it is better to not make a vow than to make one and not make good on it. If we make a promise to God, let us pray for the fortitude to deliver on our promise quickly and not put it off until a later time. He tells us to reverently fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is. This is a wise nugget we can meditate on today and every day. Solomon writes about seeking wealth and those who do are never satisfied. He calls it vanity, emptiness, falsity, and futility. He also sees the rich lose what they have in an instant and then have nothing to offer their children. 
This demonstrates the emptiness of seeking riches because they do not last. In verse 18, Solomon writes, Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is for one to eat and drink and to find enjoyment in all the labor in which he labors under the sun all the days which God gives him, for this is his allotted part. May we enjoy our days, as Solomon advises over and over again in this book. He writes another nugget of wisdom we can all take in today. God himself answers and corresponds to the joy of his heart. The tranquility of God is mirrored in him. May God's joy and tranquility be mirrored in us. In chapter 6, Solomon is rather dismal. There is no real upside. He sees that those who are blessed with riches often may not be the one who enjoys them. He writes about a man who has a hundred children, something that was considered a sign of wealth way back then. But this man doesn't enjoy the riches and possessions he has. Could it be he doesn't have time to enjoy them because of all his obligations? Possibly. Solomon continues to show how having great possessions doesn't make a person happy. He writes about the stillborn child being more fortunate than someone who has lived thousands of years because the one who has lived that many years has likely not experienced the goodness of living. The stillborn misses out on all the toil and pain of this world. This is a rather dismal thought for sure. He sees no advantage of being wise over being ignorant. It doesn't seem to provide the happiness that one would think. In verse 9, he writes that it is better for the one who can see happiness and partake of it than the one who wanders aimlessly trying to find it. May God grant us the eyes to see the good, experience it, and be thankful for it rather than seeking that which we cannot possess. Finally, Solomon asks the question about what will happen to our work once we pass on. Who will even notice? In the Old Testament, they didn't have the knowledge of heaven as we do because they didn't have the benefit of Jesus' teaching as we do. May our hearts be full of praise for our Savior who made sure we will be with him for eternity. And may he lead us and grant us peace and joy in him instead of looking for it in the world. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 57. David wrote this psalm as he fled from Saul in the cave. He prays for mercy. Verse 1 says it all. Be merciful and gracious to me, O God. Be merciful and gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge and finds shelter and confidence in you. Yes, in the shadow of your wings will I take refuge and be confident until calamities and destructive storms are past. Most of us don't know what it is like to be hunted as David was for years. Yet he was confident in the Lord. In verse 7 he wrote, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is steadfast and confident. I will sing and make melody. He was confident, confident enough to want to sing to the Lord. Oh, to be more like David. We can pray the Lord will put an extra measure of faith and confidence in us for him. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us how to draw closer to you, reverence you, and have more faith in you. Father, we pray you put an extra measure of faith and confidence in our hearts. Help us leave our burdens at your feet today and exchange them for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.